0: says so dang it tyler marry me marry that robot woman queen and he'll look kind of bashful and he'll be like okay (laughs) welcome to big brother (laughs) (sighs) if you're not watching big brother listeners what are you doing with your life you're probably listening to hysterical history podcast that's about funny history by me alexis and me Haley. what's up y'all y'all But you should watch Big Brother. You really should. It has, like, this beautiful, funny, cute robot woman in it. (laughs) Just for a week, but she's great. I watched it. I've been watching Big Brother since I was a young, chillin', uh, since it first came out, like, 18 or 19 years ago. Uh, But very recently, I got Haley to watch it, and we've been having a time. Yep. It's, uh... I didn't watch it for... Ages and ages and ages because it was very like, oh, it's it's so like fake and you just like uh, put people in a house and boring and uh, just reality TV and then you watch it and it's like, oh my gosh, it's like uh, Machiavelli and like on steroids, yeah, and it's it's very good. It's a it's magical manipulation, man. That's what's happening, and that's why people like it. It's because. You're trapped with these people and you just get to like watch them like get paranoid for no reason. My favorite thing always is when someone's like, that person's coming after me. And I'm like, they've never spoken about you before. I don't know what you're talking about. No mm. one cares who you are. They don't know And what they're like, I have to do is. something drastic. And I'm like, you don't. Because they just have nothing to do. So that it just makes them scared. Yeah. They have to come up with theories as to what's happening. Just and, so they can explain and something. And if you don't watch it. You should watch this season, season 20 because yes. the the top Machiavelli, the Lex Luthor is like this surfer boy. Yeah, Tyler. <laughs> Which is just magical. He's got like a he's like the most surfer boy. He's got like super curly bleach blonde hair. He's got like a like this dazed face <laughs> with blue eyes. He's got a giant he's like super tan. I got a giant tattoo of a palm tree on the side of his chest and he's manipulating Everyone everyone, just thinks he's a surfer idiot boy, and yeah. he's just wrecking them, dude. It's pretty great. It's amazing. Everyone's like, Tyler would never. We all trust Tyler. Yeah, even people who have been evicted don't think he evicted them until he told them he did on, like, a video. <laughs> it's awesome. Anyway, this isn't a Big Brother podcast, even though I probably should have one now because I yeah. love it so much. This is a history podcast, and today we're talking tiger about... What do you think we're talking about? I have no idea. You, you just came to my door and kind of... <laughs> and, knock, knock. We're going. Knock, knock. Um, Who's there? So, History. So I was... History's at your door. Um, I was going to do an episode, and I still am going to do one, about a potential almost assassination and then someone breaking into a place. But I had already done more research on this one, so Uh we're going to do this one. Okay. Which is um, one of my favorite types of travel, I guess, for air travel, is hot air balloons. Oh. And I was, like, thinking about topics I could do, and I'm like, there have to be some cool hot air balloon stories, like early hot air balloons, that are, like fun and scary yeah um, like oh everyone's gonna die probably because right, they don't right. know how to do it and yeah. even now like people will just <laughs> plunge to their death from the sky it's so fun because uh they just kind of go where they will yeah they and just go uh, with the wind everyone kind of understands that like you know they'll um they'll land wherever they want and occasionally like a hot air balloon will just land in your yard yeah and you just accept it. And just accept it. Just and everyone's it like, but it's fine because then they get out and they'd have wine and they're like, yeah, it's hey, like a party. It's, like, it's like friendly aliens landing in your yard. Like one of the, I've always thought the most romantic thing would be like to get proposed to in a hot air balloon. Like when you're overlooking like the beauty splendors around you and it's just like cool. And you can do that where they get like hot air balloons and they and they like have wine and cheese and stuff on board and it's just like real chill and relaxed now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually on Virgin's website because they do hot air balloons, uh, mostly because they had a timeline of, like, the hot air balloon rides of the past. Oh. Um, But then I was just like, oh, how much do hot air balloon rides cost and, like, stuff. But all of theirs, of course, are in England, and so. Less interested. Yeah. Because I have to go all the way to England. But um, it's fun stuff. And clearly, since Virgin is doing it, it's, like, luxury stuff, right? Yeah. Um, Now. And even, like, you can go on hot air balloon rides that aren't super luxurious now and just, like, for fun. You know, that, like, a ride's going to cost you maybe, like, $120 or something per person, right? I assume, around there. Um, but this is in the way back when hot air balloons are uh-huh. just, like, barely a thing people can do. Right. Um, and I'm not going to talk about um, the first hot air balloon, like, flights. Um, first ones were unmanned. I just want to mention and I'm not going to talk about them uh even though they were uh, hot air balloons were invented by the French of course are you going to talk about the first manned one cuz I love that one no <sighs> a different one yay um so the first flight or the first like proper hot air balloon w- that was created was the um uh was by Joseph Michel Montgolfier and Jacques Etienne Montgolfier uh so the Montgolfier brothers uh, who their father owned like a paper business, so that makes sense to me. You mm-hmm. know how you do because even like you know when you do like uh, the paper lights that float up into the sky, right? Uh, same concept. Just, Just like uh, they they had an inn, you know, yeah. Like the Orville's had yeah, bicycles. Exactly. It's like it's a it's a similar thing, and so you can you can make a pretty strong like dot to dot connection, even though perhaps it's not like the most direct thing right. comparatively to like you know like the. Orville's, it's like, it's a weird connection because most people were thinking of it as, like, uh, animal flight. Like, we want to do it that style. Oh, sure. And like, scientists yeah. were doing it. Mm-hmm. And then it was, like, these silly boys with their bicycles. Yeah. And they just knew what's going on. <laughs> Look at these bicycles. <laughs> bicycles. Flying in the sky. <laughs> Not quite, but I wish. Um, but so they invented, uh, they're called a uh, globe aerostatique. Of course. Um, what else would is, just what else would you call it? Aeronautic globes. Yes. that's what it means. Flying ball. balls. Basically, yeah. Globe <laughs> is like ball, um, or balloon. Um, and I'm not also going to talk about the one that you mentioned, which is the first man one, which was uh, by Jean Francois uh, Pilatre de Rosier, um, Which is weird because the two main things about it that I would normally talk about are both French, mm-hmm. and I love the French. And it's in like the 1780s, which is like my favorite time. Favorite time in France. Favorite people, favorite place. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Not doing it. Instead, we're gonna talk about an Italian guy. What? Whose name is Lenardi. That's so off brand. (laughs) It's so off brand. We're going off script. Who is this Lenardi? (laughs) Who am I right now? Um, So in 1759, Lenardi is born in Italy. Uh, And he gets a career as a diplomat for, uh, he acts as the secretary to the Neapolitan Assembly in England. Okay. So he's an Italian boy hanging out in England Mm -hmm. for diplomatic reasons. Uh, But while he's there, he keeps hearing accounts about the French and their hot air balloons. Because before, uh, or like while this is happening, when they create the hot air balloons, they start using manned hot air balloons, uh, they also start using them in, like, battles like in war uh because the french are like that's cool because then you could see better sure right, from up high right and so uh he's hearing all these like crazy stories about people flying around and, and flying hot balls in the sky during war what the so fr- cool the french are crazy <laughs> they are and they'll do anything to get ahead in <laughs> war man they have too many wars so they gotta try what they They're can crazy and so uh he hears about it, you know, it's a, a massive sack, sackcloth filled with hydrogen, and it just floats you up in the sky, which sounds crazy. Yes. In the 1700s. That's nuts. And, I mean, it still sounds crazy now. Yeah. Um, especially because they didn't have the control over it that we do now. Yeah. It's different. <laughs> you just get up there and hope. It's not, like, crazy different. Like, the concepts are the same, but um, much more controllable now. But he heard about this, like manned flight in france and he's like i want to do that that's so cool right Mm -hmm. and so he's in england but the english uh aren't into it they don't like hot air balloons because they don't think that they work uh in, in what way um so they have had people before lunardi who tried to do it and failed Oh. So they just don't think it's possible in like <laughs> England, like the English magic will destroy all <laughs> balloons. I also feel like they think that the French might be like kind of lying or like oh, exaggerating, they're just maybe making it up. Because like France and England always have this kind always. of like head butting situation. Of course. So I think the fact that the French are way into it makes them not like it. And then also um, at this time, news isn't the most reliable. And especially not from the continent to the island, I don't think, like the French could be making this up as like war propaganda, sure. or like, just like trying to be cool. yeah, like look at look at this cool thing. Like we have. and so, and even if it did happen that maybe they're exaggerating how long they were in the air right. or like what actually happened, that that might not be true. It is true because there's lots of spectators and people who, you know, saw these things happen. But, the English aren't convinced. If you try to go into the air in England, you will die. You will die. Um, apparently, they had, uh, before Lenardi, a guy named James uh, Titler. Titler? Titler. <laughs> I knew you are going to want to go with Titler. It's got to be Titler. It's Tittler. T Y T L R L E R. Mr. Titler. Mr. James Titler. And he was, like, way into... Uh, Hot air balloons too. Of course. And he's Scottish, I think. Yeah, he's Scottish. And so he is like, I'm going to do it in you know, Great Britain, because that's where, like, nobody's done it here, and that's really exciting, and I'm going to be the first one, and everybody's going to think I'm so cool. Yeah. Um, Does he, like, die terribly in a ball of fire? (laughs) No, he was, so there's been a, before him, there's a few people who are, they try to do hot air balloons, but they're not successful at all. Sure. And uh, James actually is able to get in the air. Well, good job, Jimbo. um, Jimbo. In August of 1774. Um, but one of the sources I read said that he was he flew for such a little amount of time <laughs> that spectators nearly rioted. What? They were so mad because they came out to see like this spectacular oh, no. air flight, and he's in the air for like minutes. I'm- and they're like, "Are you kidding?" <laughs> and then they like freak out. I'm imagining him like barely like just like scraping the ground, <laughs> Not, like barely getting off. Like he goes <laughs> over a hill, and they all like run to see him like flying, and it's just like. Meow just like chasing him like you better get in the air <laughs> we're gonna get you i know you're so mad i'm gonna light you on fire if you don't get in the air um there's also a guy uh, another italian named count francesco zambacari uh he's an italian sailor and adventurer it he says. sounds delicious <laughs> he, does. he sounds like food he sounds like like uh like many different kinds of crackers yeah or like pasta yeah, like a... His, name, his last name sounds like pasta to me. Like pasta, maybe like a kind of bruschetta, and yeah. like, I don't know, I want to eat it. <laughs> you can't, he's dead. Um, but he, he, like most people eat dead things, Alexis. Uh, dead we're is not talking not about a eating con- dead people in a this condition. This okay. one's about hot air balloons. <laughs> not in this one, Haley. No, this isn't yours, it's mine. And we're talking about <laughs> hot air balloons, and it's a fun time. Anyway... Uh, but he launched a hydrogen balloon with no one in it. Okay. Um, on the fourth of November in 1783, so he's like kind of proving like you can have balloons in the air in England and they don't immediately die. Sure. But there weren't people in it because uh, we're still sketchy about whether or not that's a thing you can do. <laughs> yeah. There apparently I read on this. Um, I think it was like. Indiana University or something like in America that they have for some reason uh they're really into hot air balloons <laughs> and they have like a whole bunch of uh like first uh, hand sources that are all people describing stuff about hot air balloons and sure. they have something and I only read the description of them because they're really long and like hard to read because they're just like scanned handwritten copies of things yeah but the person describing them talks about uh there's two philosophers in the norfolk chronicle and they get into a war Whoa. in the newspaper about oh I love how newspaper they can wars. Uh, yeah they're the best about how they can how to calculate and figure out how to do a hot air balloon in england generally mm. and so one of them is a, he's a master it says so i'm assuming he's like <sighs> master like an engineer, and then the other guy is a scholar. It says so. Mm. It's like the intellectual versus like the man who's using his hands to do yeah. stuff. And they both have differing opinions on like the force the balloon would have to have in it to ascend into the sky. Oh my god! And they get into an argument about it in the paper, and uh, <laughs> they're having a little forum war out yeah, in public. It's amazing. And i if you see, people have always been like this. People, always, people have always been like this yeah the the internet is just an easier (laughs) way for you to yell at people than the newspaper it just helps amplify yeah and so uh the master i'm going to quote this for you directly the master turned out to be the nastier of the two Mm -hmm. comparing the scholars attempt to measure the height to which the balloon would arise to an attempt to measure the exact height of the salisbury steeple without seeing it or his taking the dimensions of a house in the moon Mm, burn (laughs) he's so just like, you can't. It's impossible. <laughs> Burn. You just going to guess how tall the steeple is? You've never seen it. You don't know. That's not how math. you got to get your hands on it, dude. dude. You can't just do math without measurements. Yeah. And I'm like, true. But I also don't know what, what the scholar was doing. So yeah. maybe he was fine. And this guy just likes to yell and stuff. But anyway, there's a lot of kerfuffle in England about... <laughs> Hot air balloons, generally. I just love the focus on England. Like, there's some magical ring around the country where no... You can't do it here. No human can get above a certain elevation in England. (laughs) It's impossible. Otherwise, the fairies will revolt and murder you. (laughs) They'll take out your balloon. That's why they never get up too high. Uh, They're a seafaring island, but no air travel. No. None. And Lenardi is determined to show people in England hot air balloons work and are cool. Even in England. He can defy the magic of the Isles. So he tries to get permission to launch from the grounds of Chelsea Hospital. I'm assuming they just have a lot of land and it's easy to go. A lot of doctors on hand. And they're probably like up higher, you know? Like sure? Probably from the top of the hospital he wants uh, to launch off so yeah. that he's already got some air. Yeah. So that they can dip down a little and they'll be okay. <laughs> Because that's how you have to do it at this time. Yeah. You have to be on, like, a hill or something. You can't just straight lift off from the ground. Yeah. Because you're going to dip. Because you got to get that fire going. <laughs> you're going to dip. You're going to dip. So you, you need some clearance. But apparently somebody already tried to do that mm-hmm. from the hospital, a Frenchman named um, Demorel, and uh, his his first attempt was apparently with a hot air balloon that looked like a Chinese temple. Like the shape of the balloon, which is fancy and probably not aerodynamic Mm -hmm. enough. I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be aerodynamic because you're not flying. I don't think it's the right shape for the air to come out and, like, yeah, yeah. to heat it up so that you go in a good direction. (laughs) You're supposed to go up, my man. Apparently, the balloon wouldn't leave the ground, mm-hmm. um, which also is another <laughs> time when this infuriates spectators. Yeah. Um, and apparently, in their rage, they destroyed the balloon, as oh, well as no. surrounding property. <laughs> People in England are mad about hot air balloons, dude. Uh, they're crazy. They're, and they're just oh. like, they just get so angry that they break stuff. They're drunk. It's nuts. Uh, I don't know what's happening. Beautiful. And so, because of that, the Chelsea Hospital is like, no, no, you not can't again. Be here, they broke our stuff. We're we're still paying off damages. <laughs> so you can't launch from here. Um, I think someone else also tried to do it and failed. So they were like, no, this place is cursed. You can't be here. You you can't. And so, um, Lenardi makes friends with this guy who's like in the military or something and they've got like grounds that extend to like this hill that he's gonna decide that that's the best place to go off of which is the london artillery grounds all right um great and so uh, in order to make people excited, even though clearly they're very excited already about hot air balloons. <laughs> of course. They, in, they have their in, ale. They're ready to ride The bad way. <laughs> they're so violent. It's like that. Who was that guy you talked about who was like the poet who was really bad? And then like people would freak out at his poetry readings. And, like, oh, of course. Off. Yeah. The bad poet uh, McGonagall. Yeah. It reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. Like Englanders just like want to break stuff and scream. And <laughs> <laughs> like after uh, football matches, they're like, yeah, let's. Tear it all down. A ah! rugby match. Yeah, they have just, so much uh, energy. Um, good for you, England. Good job. We love you. Even about hot air balloons. Even though I'm pretty sure at this time uh, it's like revolutionary war time. It sure it? is. It's yeah, in the so, 1780s. Uh, you know, uh, America doesn't love you when this is happening. Suck it. <laughs> so suck it. <laughs> but um, it just seems insane to me that everyone's so aggressive about such a like. Goofy thing. Hot <laughs> balloons are so silly. Yeah, just in general, like little weird giant flowers floating up in the sky. <laughs> they're so whimsical and strange. <laughs> right. It's it's so hard for me to believe people are angry about them. Like tearing Aggressive them apart, way. destroying them because yeah. they're mad. Because when earlier when it said like the the one uh, I mostly used uh, an Atlas Obscura article for mm-hmm. this one, so shout out to whoever wrote that. I should have looked it up, but I'll tell you at the end. But uh, they mentioned the, them rioting almost right at James uh, Titler's launch. And so I was like, I thought that was a joke, kind of almost. Mm-hmm. That they were, like, exaggerating. Like, oh, and they almost rioted. Because they said almost. Sure. Which makes me feel like they just went, hey! And then they left. Like, ah, we wanted a show. Bye. But then from a different source, I read about that other guy with his Chinese temple one where they actually, like, destroyed the balloon and broke stuff. And I bet that balloon was very expensive. And so I'm just like, geez, Louises. Yeah. So now I take that first one more seriously. That they could have killed that man. They could have (laughs) ripped apart James Titler, but they didn't. They could have... (laughs) Titted his tat. Mm -hmm. But they calmed down, and I appreciate it. Thank you for not destroying Jimbo. (laughs) But still, to drum up some uh, excitement, even though there's way too much already, uh, Lenardi prints up pamphlets called A Grand Atmospherical Excursion. Uh Uh-oh, don't do that. Um, and, and he put his balloon on public display so people knew it was like, it's going to happen, and it's going to happen here, Don't. and it's going to be you, amazing. What are you doing? Don't tell them where you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's inviting everybody. <laughs> Don't tell them. So on September 15th, eight or 1784, he and his crew get set up at the London Artillery Grounds, and they uh, put gas in the balloon, and they're like going to take off, and they're ready to go. And Lenardi is, the reason I'm talking about him is he's a... He was. There's a lot of words that people listed to describe him. They called him flamboyant. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a real <laughs> fancy boy. He's like a. And he's. They call him the daredevil oh, of yeah. aeronautics. After Ooh, this, daring um, boy. So they're like, yeah. Uh, they even made it a point. Uh, in one of the parts to say how sexy he was. Oh, uh, yeah, to people. sure. And they, not him, like, people wrote in the newspaper about how yeah, he was yeah. hot. Uh-huh. And um, I even read the link for a little bit, and literally it was, like, pages just about how hot he was. Yeah. Uh, and it was, like, a historian talking about people talking in the papers about how hot he was. <laughs> Weird. Italians especially in england in england yeah and he's gonna he's gonna do something no one else can do mm. we've tried to watch these people do it the frenchman couldn't do it the scotsman couldn't do it that one italian just sent it up and didn't put anyone in it Lenardi's right. going for it because he's a hot boy he's hot mm. um and the the strongest account we have of his flight is from himself of course Um, He wrote a 16-page pamphlet about it afterwards called the Lenardi Grand Aerostatic Voyage. He described himself as an enterprising foreigner, and he spelled out his adventures minute by minute of what was happening in the air with him. Uh, a quote from him says, "A hundred and fifty thousand spectators, on a moderate calculation, composed of all ranks and descriptions of people, are waiting for him to launch." Hundred and fifty thousand. Hundred fifty thousand. I read in a different accurate? source. I read in a different source, uh, two hundred thousand. So okay. presumably, so a lot. Yes, a anyway. lot of people, probably around there. Yes. And he's been advertising it all over England, so it's like... And he's a hot, sexy man, He's so. a hot, sexy Italian man, so they yeah. want to see it. They either want to see him succeed or, like, die up there. Yeah. You know, so they're into it. Nothing better than seeing a hot man die. <laughs> In fiery glory. Beautiful. Hot. Mm. Um, in his description, the doubters and the believers mingled together and the fields surrounding the buildings filled up with spectators of all ages. They're like standing on their roofs to watch him. Uh, all ages, classes, and nationalities jockeying for view. They're trying to, I gotta see, I gotta be able to see it. And he dedicates the entire pamphlet to one person who's supposedly watching. Mm-hmm. Who was there. Can you guess who? Oh, his boyfriend? No, he's straight. Oh. Uh, his uh, girlfriend. Uh, he doesn't have a girlfriend. He's mm-hmm. a hot dude who's uh, got all the ladies. <laughs> uh, is it to, um, wait, it, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, is it to, um, mm, who could it be? <laughs> um, Think about where they are. They're in England. They're in England. Um Is it to... It's not to King George, is it? No. No, it wouldn't be to King George. You wouldn't come and watch. He's (laughs) crazy. He's crazy. He doesn't have time. I don't he's know. He's being crazy. Um, George Augustus Frederick, who's the Prince of Wales. Oh, it was so close. You were. His name is George, and he's the <laughs> Prince of Wales. <laughs> um, he's 14 at the time. Oh, he's 14. So he's like, yay, fun stuff. Yeah, he's weird like fun stuff. Like, yeah. it's cool. Um, and he is in attendance mm-hmm. when this happens. Um, and he dedicates the whole pamphlet to him. And I'm like, oh, that's nice. And it makes sense because he's a diplomat, yeah. so he knows what to do. And he also put in a special shout-out, though. It says, to his favorite demographic, the gaggle, he wrote, featured as great a display of female beauties as ever. (laughs) Of course. He's like, hey, hot ladies. That's how you diplomat. I see you from the sky. (laughs) And you looking fine. Oh, my gosh. What a good uh, diplomat. Yeah. Like, England, you hot. You so hot. Ooh, you hot. And you so diverse. Everybody here and everybody hot. (laughs) England countries love to be told they hot. Yeah. That's how you diplomat. (laughs) That's how you diplomat. First rule (laughs) of diplomacy, tell them they hot. That's right. (laughs) They're into it. (laughs) And be like, this pamphlet is dedicated to your tiny child who's going to be king sometime. (laughs) Hey, buddy, what's up? This is a shout out to you. And all the hot ladies. So the crew is checking, right, to make sure everything's going to be cool. Uh, And then one of the upright supports holding it fell over which knocked a crew member who is up real high off balance. Uh, But thankfully, it says Lenardi or thankfully for him, that that guy responded like a stuntman. Ooh. He says, with great dexterity, he seized on a rope and slid with coolness and unconcern to the ground. Nice. Hey. (laughs) Like, dashing, just like, here I am. Right. And that's not Lenardi. That's just, like, a random worker dude. (laughs) But he only hires... (laughs) He hires the best. Sexy worker men who can just pew right to the ground. Awesome. Uh, And good for him, because, spoiler alert... Later on in his adventures of flight, he will not have such a clean time with people falling off of stuff or getting caught in things. Fun. Whoops. Um, So around 1 p.m., uh, Lenardi and his assistant, George Biggins, Ooh, who must be British. She's got to be. <laughs> so British. Right. The George, most English name, George Biggins. He's not Italian, I'll tell you that much. I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but I've been playing um, Vampire, the video game, and it takes place in London, <laughs> and every single person in that game has a more British name than the last person I met, that it's, like, insane it's, to it's me. Incredible. I it's incredible. It's amazing. I don't know what, like... Indexes the game designers were looking up, but they'd found the most British NPC names imaginable. Right. There's new ones I need to share with you. I don't know what they are right now. Can you, like, look up a list and just give us, like, three random ones? Because British names have a certain something. They do. Okay, here's a a full list of all the citizens in Vampire. Uh, Booth Digby. (laughs) Seymour Fishburne. Rufus Kingsbury. (laughs) Uh, Archer Woodbead. Uh, Ichabod Throgmorton. Wow. Wow. I'm just like picking out my favorite ones. Um, Dr. Thoreau Strickland. Wow. Dr. Waverly Aykroyd. Wow. <laughs> You're very British. Gwyneth Branigan. Mr. Biggins. Mr. Biggins. So, George Biggins tries to get in the basket with Lenardi, mm-hmm. but uh, it appears that the load is too heavy because of him. Get your fat butt out of here, Biggins. And he's very disappointed, but he must exit the balloon. (laughs) That's exactly what he says. He's like, (laughs) I'm very disappointed, but I must exit the balloon. But I must exit the balloon. Lenardi writes, nothing could be more visible than the regret which they felt on separating. (laughs) Okay. They're both, they're hella bummed that they can't go up there as bros. I love your translations. They're hella bummed. They're hella bummed. I also read, though, so that was one article said it was because he was too fat. Mm -hmm. One article said it was because he was late to the party, and so then Lenardi just had to go without him. Uh, But it said the weight matters. Yes. I'm telling you, a different source says time. And then a different source said that Biggins was there and going to accompany him But the impatient crowd Mm. forced him to go early (laughs) and to go before the bag is fully inflated, which is true. I read that in multiple sources, that he's going up and the bag's not full. Sure. Um, So that might be true. It might have been weight. He wrote himself that it was because of weight, Uh but maybe he just wanted to sound better than it was because people were yelling at me. Right. Who can say? He does, however go up in the air with two pigeons, a cat and his favorite lap dog. Why? And they're all cool to go, but they couldn't take biggins. <laughs> biggins <laughs> get your ass out of the can't basket. Fit you in here with my dog, cat and two pigeons. We're full up, okay? The pigeons stay. <laughs> I think he was trying to do in-air experiments. With the animals. Okay. And so that's why he wanted them there. Although the dog, it says his favorite lap dog. So I think his dog was just there because he wanted to hang out with his dog. That one's his, like, anxiety dog. Yes. Um, so as they take off, uh, the balloon dips down dangerously close to the nearby houses, like, Mm -hmm. within feet (laughs) of hitting them. Yeah. Um, but Lenardi, you know, in the panic of that he's going to run into some houses and, like, knock them over and it's going to be mm-hmm. a problem, um, he throws out some sandbags and one of his steering oars that he was going to use. He, he has oars like a boat, and he's going to use them to, like, cut through the air and, like, turn the balloon. Um, Does that work? It kind of works okay. for him. Um, so he had two, but he was worried about weight, so he threw one out. Sure. So, but he still has one. So he can, like, use, like, a rudder, kind of. Yeah. And then it says, uh, and the balloon menagerie continued on its way. I'm like, it's true. Just filled with animals. Why are there so many animals? It's so heavy. You can't bring so much with you. Yeah. If if constantly you're worried about not taking off, why do you you just just take you? Right first well i'm assuming that the sandbags usually you have sandbags aboard because you're worried about being too light and being unstable right and so you have those and then you go. can release them whenever you need to if you need to but then all the, it sounds like he has or a like, bunch of you can stuff let in there. some of the sand out usually you don't chuck the whole bag um but apparently he did <laughs> just no. gets rid of the bag i'll i'll some more stuff he's got in there later that he probably doesn't need Lenardi writes, the loudest acclamations rent the skies. Some cried through excess of joy. Some wept for his safety, meaning himself. Uh, the Prince of Wales drank to him in a glass of wine, which he's 14 and should not be drinking. Uh, he can in England. Yeah. Because he's, he's a freaking in prince. In the 1700s, when you're the Prince of Wales, you can drink whenever you want. You can drink whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we don't support drinking <laughs> 14-year-olds, even if you are the prince. I'm looking at you, England. We're waiting waiting. Once they're of age. Wait, wait on your cup of vino. Yeah. 18 for you guys, I'm pretty sure. And from above, the ever-cool Lenardi calmly waves his flag. Just like, hey, guys, no problems. Definitely didn't throw my oar at someone's house. That's the thing, too. He's, like, really close to houses and then dumping a whole bunch of stuff. I'm assuming into, like, people's yards. Like, in a state of panic, just dumping, dumping. Ah! (laughs) And then he's like, everything's cool. No problem. I'm fine. What what do you mean? We learned about this term when I was in um my Italian or in my Renaissance class. I guess it was an Italian Renaissance, but of course we talk about Italy a lot. Um, and it's a sprezzatura, mm-hmm. which is a nonchalance, of course. And it's a it's a tenant that I think Leonardo is pretty good at. Mm-hmm. And it's just like pretending things are planned and cool, even when they're not. Yep, just as planned. I had to ditch all of our materials. Yes. Into a yard. Wasn't that fun? he <laughs> <laughs> um, So once Leonardi is up, um, he tries to steer with the oar he's got, but the air keeps pushing him back and forth. It'd probably be better if he had two oars. Um, you know, like you do. Like intended. Like with boats. Like, like you had planned to do. Right, cuz he's thinking air it's same with air currents as like water currents and then he can kind of use them to move him around, which I think works generally. Mm-hmm. Um but not with one very well. Sure. And so uh it's like when you try to row with one oar and yeah. there's like, you know, you're in a moving river. It's quite hard. And so uh he's having problems and um they're getting pretty high in the air. And I don't know if you know this, but the higher you go, the colder it is. <laughs> the higher you go. Science says up is cold. Up is cold. Mm-hmm. You know, heat rises, but eventually there's not enough heat, and then it's cold. Eventually there's no heat, and you get to the cold vacuum of space. That's right. It just gets colder. Um, And it was so cold, apparently, that icicles are beginning to form on his clothing. Mm-hmm um dang and the cat was so benumbed as to be rendered motionless benumbed benumbed you benumbed the cat the cat how dare you um he says he almost fell asleep up there oh um because i'm assuming of the lack of oxygen sure um and so at at that point you're too high my man (laughs) yeah and in (laughs) order to stay awake he drank several glasses of wine in quick succession to uh warm himself (laughs) the italian way and vigorously snuggled the dog Oh, the italian way who he thought might not make it otherwise and that's his personal favorite dog oh man so don't take your favorite dog into the air into space you stupid idiot he's basically reenacting the worst like universe version of the movie up yeah it's bad Take the dog and Mm whine and save it. And I'm dying. The cat. The cat is dead. Apparently, uh, to take care of the cat, he stops uh, and lands actually um, in like a nearby town to hand it over because he saw like somebody he knew and he was like, Take the cat. (laughs) He didn't (laughs) want it to die. (laughs) Just like throws it over, take it. Basically, like tossed it to his friend. (laughs) No. Yeah, that's true. What happened to the pigeons? Uh I don't know. It never mentions Uh-oh. the pigeons again. <laughs> they bailed. They're out. They were in a cage. Oh no. Sorry. <laughs> oh no. Bye. They went down with a the ship then. Yes. they they died. Um They did. So and he also says at first, um, he, he wanted to like look over the edge of the basket but it filled him with a sudden giddiness which i assume is more like he felt pukey vomit yeah and so he had to step back and like not look down yeah um but later he grew confident enough that he was leaning over the edge and shouting to people through his public speaking trumpet of course which i'm assuming is the you know uh Equivalent of an air horn or a bullhorn. Hello there. But that doesn't have the button and the speaker. I, I see you're smaller than Hello. I am. You're very small down Can there. Can someone take my cat? He's freezing to death. He's so <laughs> benumbed. My cat is benumbed. Would you please take him? I'm um, going to throw him at you. You better catch oh, him. It says, yeah, he saw an acquaintance on the ground and said, Cat. And threw it at him. (laughs) That's it. Cat! He didn't say cat. I don't know if he said that. (laughs) That's what I would do. Catch the cat! Cat! All I can think of is the office. What? (laughs) When she's like, save my cat, and throws it through the ceiling, and then it falls through a different part of the ceiling. Whoops. Oh, my gosh. I found a lapel pin that's that scene. Oh, nice. That whole... Save Bandit! Save Bandit! (laughs) Meow! So funny. Um, So, yeah, he tosses the cat. Uh, He says the traumatized cat he tosses to this person. Uh, I'm sure that won't also traumatize him when you throw him from the balloon to the (laughs) ground and just hope that someone catches him. Yeah. Anyway, um, he was able to stay aloft for a little over three hours, so quite a long time. Pretty good. Um, And he traveled 80 miles total. He kind of went, like, back and forth um, uh, over, like, a 26-mile span of land sure but total he was in the air for eight 80 miles uh which is pretty good that's quite far comparatively to most of the flights at the time mm-hmm. um, which are usually in like the early teens maybe 20 miles ish and usually more like 30 minutes to an hour <laughs> so three hours is a long time um he landed at 5 p.m in a small village called collier's end where a local farm girl helped him keep the balloon's envelope from dragging on the ground. Aww. Oh, thanks. Um, at this point, he was very cold, uh, and he wrote the dog was very wet. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, and probably sad from all the melting icicles. Yeah. Um, so this, since this is the first ride in London that's, like, really successful, everyone's, like, really excited about it and yeah. thinks it's super cool. They've been watching the balloon in the air, and they're like, whoa, it's happening. <laughs> Inside, he's like, I'm dying. Ah, I drink the wine, drink it. <laughs> Just drinking. Why do you have wine? So by you? the time, of course he has wine. How many, I'm wondering how many bottles, like, how many bottles could he have spared so that his buddy could have come with him? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, he's like, no, you can't come. I have to, the wine, mother. Just come. The wine and my dog and the cat and the birds. And he he dumps, like, sandbags before he dumps wine bottles. Yeah. And an oar to steer with. Which is good because he ends up using all the wine. And also because if he dropped that wine on someone's head, that would have been a problem. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just throws it out. It's like, coosh! So by the time he lands, he's, like, he is drunk. Yeah. He's drunk and he's really cold and wet. And it's a bad time. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But Ugh. because of that, um, people think it's really cool. They take the balloon he flew in and they put it on display, cool. so that people can come visit it. Nice. Like it immediately becomes like a museum exhibit, basically. Um, and like I mentioned already, he becomes a sex symbol. Of course, um, he's uh, the evil Knievel of like yeah, sexy diplomat. He he's a daring man who has ventured to parts unknown, which is you know hundreds of feet in the air. Yeah. Unknown. With his dog. With the dog. And the wine. And the wine. Through the cat. (laughs) Um, Toss him. Save Bandit! (laughs) (laughs) He even started a fashion craze um, where women began wearing Lenardi skirts and Lenardi bonnets. So the skirts are decorated with balloons or to look like balloon shape. Oh cute. And the bonnets are two feet tall. Whoa. And they also look like balloons. How cute! I'm gonna show you a picture of them. There you go. Oh, that's adorable. Yep, those are it's, she's wearing a Lenani or Lenardi bonnet and skirt. That's very cute. It's pretty adorable. I'm pretty impressed with them. Um And I'll post that picture on our Facebook page. I don't need vampires anymore. (laughs) Or this guy. Oh, I wanted to show you this picture. I don't know if you've seen that before. But it's uh, Parmentier, which you talked about before. And people leave potatoes on his grave (laughs) in France. Oh, wow. It's the cutest. I just saw it randomly when I was on Atlas Obscura because you can click, like, random place. And this is where it took me. And so I saved it because I was like, I got to show Haley. That her, her potato Frenchman <laughs> people leave potatoes at his grave because they're so, like, thankful Aww. and proud of him. I like that little potato up at the very top. Yeah, it's like, there's a few of them up here. Here's the little crown potato. They're so cute. Aww. And I'm like, now I have a place to go next time I'm in France. That's so cute. <laughs> we're going to have to leave some potatoes if we go. He did a good job. He did do a good job. What a good boy. But anyway, enough France. We're talking about England and Italian people today. <laughs> and so... Um, Blah blah. Oh, I got taken really far back in my notes for some. Reason. Blah 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 blah. Blah 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 blah. Mhm mhm. Oh yeah. So so the hats are two feet high and they're designed to look like they're inflated, on the top. So I'm assuming they have some sort of like lattice work in there. Yeah, to some, keep them. Some extensive wire work going on. Yeah, inside to the keep hat. them plump. Mhm. Um. And in, in Scotland, it says it's 600 millimeters, which I'm assuming is two feet. So in case you're wondering, audience, millimeters, 600 of them. Millimeters. <laughs> millimeters. <laughs> or 60 centimeters. Selemeters. <laughs> There's no L. <laughs> um, and even Robert Burns had written a poem about Jenny, a young woman who had a louse scampering in her Lenardi bonnet. Oh, no. um, Called, but Mrs. Fine Lenardi, Fi Fye, F-Y-E, I don't know what that is. Fi. who can say? Is it a word? It used to be. No longer. Robert Burns says yes. (laughs) He says yes. And he's famous author, so sure. Um, there's also another poem I read about in that, like, list of sources, um, that ends with, uh, or the work ends with a poem written by a gentleman well-known in the literary world, I don't know who that is, which praises Lenardi's courage, calling him king of the air and the Columbus of Britain. Oh, no. Even though he's from Italy, and he didn't discover a new land so much as... Go in the air and look at the land from above. But good on you. (laughs) He didn't do as much as Columbus. Yes. But he was Italian. So on the whole, much better. And England doesn't have a Columbus, so you can be ours. Yes. Even though you're Italian. He went into the sky and threw a cat. (laughs) Threw (laughs) a cat. And got drunk. And then came back to us from heaven. And he didn't die and neither did the dog. Probably the pigeons are dead. No one mentions the pigeons? No. Very suspicious. But also, like, birds are better at, like, high altitude. Yeah. So, like, maybe they're fine. They're Maybe they're fine. But or then... maybe he, like, let one go to, like, see what they would do. Because he says in his stuff that he was performing experiments while he's in the air. I don't know what that means. He doesn't know what that means. He, and I don't know if he does it this time or in his other flights that we're about to talk about. So he's got his next flight, of course, because once you have the, the fever, yeah. you got to get up in the air, in the hot air balloon, mm-hmm. where you're going to freeze to death. Yeah. And so uh, that was in June uh, of 1785, and the balloon left St. George's Field on the south side of the Thames. Um, it was supposed to be Lenardi, Biggins, and two invitees, Colonel Hastings and Letitia Ann Sage. Wow. Uh, in the basket, but once again cannot hold that much weight. Get out, Biggins! So, no, Lenardi and Hastings, Colonel Hastings, both step out. Oh. And so Biggins gets to go with Letitia Sage. Why
1: and fun. she is the
0: first woman to fly in a hot air balloon. Well, good job. Nailed it. And they fly for 90 minutes, and then afterwards they land in a farm near Harrow where they had to be rescued by their friends from a group of boys and an angry farmer whose crops had been damaged. Oh, no. Who are now yelling at them. Hey, how dare you? You ruin my food. This is my livelihood. And they're like, ah, this is my corn. Because they're like the equivalent of noble people, right? Right. Like, they're fancy boys and girls. Yeah. And so they're like, help us. The commoners are screaming at me. (laughs) They're icky and gross and they're (laughs) screaming. Gross. Um, so Lenardi's second ascent, where he actually goes up, um, is a few weeks after that. Um, he starts off, uh, oh, it starts off with almost a major problem, because there's a guy named Lothian Tam. Wow. Yeah. Um, and in his eagerness to get a good view of the flight, he gets so close, he gets entangled in the balloon's ropes. What an idiot. And he's lifted 20 feet into the air, until he was released and fell to the ground, Uh, With no serious injury. Don't do it again. He's okay. Stop it. But he's stupid. And yeah, maybe back off. Maybe don't. Uh, In the Scots magazine, it was written that the beauty and grandeur of the spectacle could only be exceeded by the cool, intrepid manner in which the adventurer conducted himself, and indeed he seems infinitely more at ease than the great part of his spectators. So he's He's a cool cucumber. He's so cool. He's so cool and hot and, like, up in the air. We got big uh, love for him. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Exactly. Yep. 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 Unfortunately, during one of his launchings in 1786, so the next year, Yeah. Lenardi uh, apparently spilled vitriol on the ground. And his assistants, uh, who held the balloons' restraints, fled because they didn't want to get it dumped on them. Mm-hmm. because uh, it's oil and bad. Sure. And, uh, one of them, the son of the undersheriff of Northumberland. Wow. Had a rope twisted around his hand. Uh-oh. Was unable to release oh, himself. No. Oh, no. Was drawn up into the air, and he fell to the ground and later died from his injuries. Yeah. Um, one of the articles I read said, Lenardi was not to blame. And I'm like, oh, if he spilled the stuff, maybe. Uh, if it, you know, I mean, I'm sure it was an accident, but it's still bad. Um, and, but after the incident, uh, people in Great Britain don't like him so much since he killed someone. (laughs) Of course. And so, um, according to sources I read, he moves to America, but it doesn't seem like he moves there for very long, mm-hmm. because... Because the more, bo- the bodies start piling up. <laughs> no, I think he just, You gotta keep like, moving. I think he just wasn't into America, probably, like, didn't think it was the cool... Maybe, maybe it was just, like, a place to cool down and hide for a bit. Sure. Um, because uh, after that, he ends up moving back to uh, Italy. And he takes his balloons around Italy, Portugal, and Spain. In 1789, he flies near Mount Vesuvius, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, And the following year, he successfully arrived in Sicily after a two-hour flight. So he, like, took a trip. Wow. He actually, like, went somewhere. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he had a destination and he got there. It only took him two hours. I don't know where he went to get to Sicily. Yeah. It was probably somewhere rather close. In Italy. But he did it. He did it. Good job. Good job. Uh, Later, he invented an aquatic machine, which was a life-saving device for shipwrecked people. Um, It was a one-man lifeboat that had an oar to steer, and he successfully tested it in 1787. Um, That was basically all he did that was, like, of note. Cool. Um, Besides, he lived in Portugal, and then he died in Lisbon in 1806. Well, you were hot while you lasted. You were a hot daddy. People were into you People until were. you killed someone and then you on accident killed a boy. And his dad was an undersheriff, which I think means he's like <laughs> secondary sheriff, it's like a lieutenant. Yeah, it's not good. Lieutenant sheriff. Lieutenant makes me so mad. I was wondering because you didn't immediately start frothing at the mouth. I'm like, was it you that hated yeah, lieutenant? Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. Because it's just, like, basically British people not wanting to pronounce a French word. <laughs> it's like a, it feels like a spiteful thing that they're pronouncing it wrong on purpose. Because even we don't pronounce it th- that way. No. And we're, we are from England. Like, we came from England first and foremost. Right. And yet, we still don't. Lieutenant. Because we know it's wrong. Where's the F? Yeah. Explain, England. Where's the F? <laughs> Where the F? <laughs> Where's the R in Colonel. Explain. Where's the F in left hand? Where it be? Tell us. These are the important questions. Email us and tell us where it is. (laughs) Point it out. Oh, I was going to look up, though, who the person was for the Atlas Obscure article. Hold on. Open the link. Oh, I can't on here. uh Uh -uh. Oh, well, I can't. I just have to... I have my phone on airplane mode because people were freaking messaging me weird things right before we started. (laughs) My sister sent us a my, my oh, cryptic, right. weird message, and I didn't want my phone to keep vibrating the whole episode with her sending me other weird things. Um, open. The Atlas Obscura article is called The Most Inspiring Hot Air Balloon Ride Ever, and it was written by Kara Giamio. Giam. Giammo. Giammo. Giam- Nailed it. Great job, Kara. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun read. And a fun subject for a good podcast time. We are up in the air about you. No, that's not true. I am. That makes it sound... Up in the air means like you haven't decided. Oh. I'm like, uh... (laughs) We like you, (laughs) Kara. I I was imagining like jumping for joy. Ah, that's different. I'm jumping for joy up in the air for you. For Kara. Clicking my heels up in the air. Because you're great. <laughs> Alex is like, no, no. No. that's No. Yeah. Because when, no. so when a situation's up in the air, it means like it hasn't been decided yet because it hasn't hit the ground. Yeah. So we're not sure what's going to happen. It's yeah. like Schrodinger's cat. I futzed up. It's like if you threw the cat in the air, is it going to come down <laughs> or no? It's like if you took Schrodinger's cat on the hot air balloon, is it going to freeze to death or be thrown to the ground? Both. It's all up in the air. Yes both yes but they're gonna throw the frozen cat at you on the ground (laughs) save bandit save the cat (laughs) this is the frozen cat (laughs) thrown right at your face amazing will a frozen cat always land on its feet probably not Hmm. let us know test it don't test it don't test it don't test it please (laughs) for the love of everything will a frozen piece of buttered toast always land butter side down Is there butter on it if it's frozen? I mean... Like you buttered it and then froze it? I think there are a couple ways you could do it. It might depend. Mm, Interesting. Anyway, thanks for listening (laughs) on that. Happy to have you. Send us emails hysterical history podcast at gmail.com review us on itunes and if you do tell us that you did and if you have any episode ideas we'll take them and we will do it we'll do it it might take a while because sometimes we're just i don't know You got to find sources and stuff. We're people, too, man. Man, we're Podcasters are people, too. We're just people, too, dude. We love getting those emails. We love seeing those reviews, uh, even when they're negative sometimes, as long as they're not mean. And uh, you're all awesome. Yeah. Thank you for listening again. We love the totality of you. Yes. You're great. Each and every one. Stay safe in the heat, especially if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, it's gross up here. And um, don't take hot air balloon rides with your pets. Why? I thought you were going to be like, and don't take drugs. (laughs) That too. Don't drink when you're high in the air (laughs) unless someone else is manning the balloon. Or if you're a 14-year-old Prince of Wales. (laughs) Don't, Don't. Please. Don't take drugs. Ever. Don't take drugs into space with your frozen cat. Bye. 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 Bye.